0: You are listening to a sermon series from Open Door Fellowship Church. Good morning. Uh, my name is Caleb Lynch. I'm a part of the preaching team here at Open Door. And uh, if you're new here, welcome. We are in a, a series called uh, Romans 12 and, and on, and uh, we're loving it. Blessed by um, Shane Copeland last week. I think the last time I heard him, I was in diapers, so that was an honor to have him back in our pulpit. Um, uh, we're going to go right into it. Grab your Bibles. And uh, we are in Romans 12, 16, only 16. Whenever I preach, they just give me one verse. I think it's they assume I can only do so much damage with one verse. Last time I taught, uh, I taught Romans 12:1, And just one verse again. And uh, I happened to be teaching the same verse that Bill Thrall taught the week before. So they thought, if we have Bill teach it once and then let the kid up there, there's only so much damage he can do. Um, It was embarrassing how much he left out that I had to cover. (laughs) And so, be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Let me uh, save us some time today. Get along with everyone and agree on things. Don't be arrogant. Associate with the people that you think are less cool than you are. And don't think you're so smart. Can we just agree and just call it a day? (laughs) Let's go. Matthew? Uh, every time Stuart teaches, he, he always has some fancy uh, title for the message. He always titles the message, and I thought, I, I can do that. I'm haughty in my own mind. Uh, I, I, I can do that. I can come up with a fancy name for this thing I'm going to do today. And so I did. I came up with a few, and I, I liked them, and then I didn't like them. And so I just want to share them with you. As it, as it pertains to the verses. The first one that I was going to do was um, titled, Get Off Your High Horse, is what we were going to title it. And I had a picture of one of you sitting on a really tall horse and a circle with an X in it saying no. Um, and I didn't like it. Obviously, you're not liking it. You're, no, no sound out of you. So then I, I kept going, and I thought, no, you know what, I, this, the world does not revolve around you. I thought that'd be a great title because... <laughs> as you can see, and that um, we didn't stick with that one. And so I, I, uh, the one I liked, and it just didn't fit on the website, I tried to submit it to Julie and just it was too many words was, um, your head is so big that your ears are in separate time zones. And I, and I, I personally really liked that one because it, it just, it worked at so many different levels. Um, but what we're gonna stick with today is just, um, and I think you'll appreciate it, it's short and sweet and to the point, We're going to stick with Get Over Yourself is what we're going to title the message. So, no, I'm just kidding. I saw a couple in the back over there say, See, honey, I told you we should have found a different church this Sunday. (laughs) I won't name names. It's one of your elders. in (laughs) Be of the same mind towards one another. The... um, you know what, I'm not seeing that all of you are with me yet, so what I did is I um, I brought a book. We'll spend the next few minutes here with this book. It's titled, If I Ran the Zoo. And I felt I wasn't getting enough nods with the names and with this, so I thought, let's start here with If if I Ran the Zoo and just see where we get. Just kidding. (laughs) Be of the same mind towards one another. When you read these words, um, it's easy to confuse uh, this thought with what's called uniformity. It's easy to confuse it with everyone agreeing on everything. Agreeing on the color of the carpets. Agreeing on the type of worship music we would sing. Agreeing on the version of the Bible that we would read from. Agreeing on what you would have me wear while I stand in front of you. All of those things is not what he's referring to. We're not talking about uniformity. We're talking about a different word called unity. And um, unity is when there can be different thoughts, but all thoughts center on one unifying foundational core thought. And that's what he's getting at. The word, the, the, how they translate in the ESV is maybe the best translation. It's the word harmony. If you, if you know anything about music, which I do not, um, when a band is harmonizing, they're not all singing the same thing. It's different, but it's all creating the same sound. It's all creating this uh, united, unanimous sound, and that's what he's referring to. As, as you look through Scripture and as you, as you see these words all throughout Scripture, having the same mind, oftentimes the word that goes with it is having the same mind in Christ Jesus. And that's what he's getting at. Let our central focus be that of Christ Jesus. We can disagree on other things, but at the core of who we are, let our central focus be on the name of Jesus Christ. And that's where he's getting at here. I want to pause, as we do often with verses like this from from this pulpit It, it is very easy for us to read these verses and create uh, some form of checklist, create some form of well I, I got get out of here, and i got to be more humble and I got to do this, and i got to be kinder to the people that i don 't like as much, and it can become. Uh, some kind of behavior modification or some kind of system or some kind of get your act together type deal. And we just have to be so careful when, when we're going through Scripture like this that we don't take it down that road. There is only one source that changes hearts and minds and it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so everything that we are going to learn and think through today has to be with the filter of understanding that this is Romans 12, like we've been talking about. This is not Romans 1 through 11. Romans 1 through 11 has taught us that these things are true about us, that we desire and we long that we would get to live this way. This today is more of an awakening, a reminder, a beckoning to who you already are. Keep that in the back of your mind as we go, because it's so easy to then go, all right, I can get this thing together. So you get sick of hearing that, but we're going to keep saying it because it's so important. Does that make sense? You with me on that? Cool. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. I, I love what he does here. He, he, he kind of gives you some kind of a, a, almost like a command, and then he gives you a, an alternative. He says, don't be arrogant. Don't see yourself more highly than you ought to. Don't see yourself as superior. Instead, here's here's the alternative, hang out with the lowly. Associate with the lowly. For me, when I read these words, my uh, initial thought, my initial concept of what these words are saying is always, I have more than someone else does, and so I ought to give of myself to them. Whether it's money or time, or it carries with it this sense of, I can help this lower person, whoever that be. Associate with those who don't have much to give you, but you have a lot to give them. The problem is I don't think that's what he's saying, because if he is, then this idea of haughty in mind arrogance is exactly what's happening there, right? What what I'm doing is I'm saying, I am superior to you, therefore let me step in and be your savior. And it keeps that continual sense of superiority and inferiority. And so I don't think that's what he's saying. And I struggled because I looked at commentary after commentary after commentary. And they were all saying that concept. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Forget the commentaries. I just want to go see what these words are saying. And what I found was maybe my favorite of all that's in this scripture that we're going to go through today. And it was this idea this word association, this concept that's being here. The word lowly is easily translated to the humble, whether humble by circumstance, lack of funds, husband leaves, whatever it is, by circumstance, by age, humble by age, whatever it is, the lowly could be easily translated to the word humble, but the part I like is this idea of association. It literally means this, listen to this, it literally means letting that person who is lowly, who is humble, who is maybe less than you in your eyes, pull you along in their current. That's what it means. Allowing the lowly to take you by the hand and invite you into their current. I see Marcia Kuyper do this often with my kids. She is unbelievable at just letting my two daughters pull her along and all the time Haley and I are like stop she doesn't want to do that let leave her be and Marsha just lets them and she comes back glowing because they found fairies and different things and it's 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 this beautiful idea of allowing myself to be influenced and affected by those who have found themselves in a humble position that they would invite me and pull me along in that current with them. So that's what he's describing here. Jesus, he's, this is in Luke 14, he's just healed a guy on the Sabbath and he's around these religious guys and they're upset about it. And he, he says, what's wrong with you guys? Wouldn't you have healed someone on, on, if he was hurting on, on this day? And so they move on and then, he, and then he gives this parable about a, a party. And... The parable is this idea, he he says, when you guys show up to a party, you're all trying to take the seat of honor. You all want to sit down in this seat of honor. And yet, what happens often is you sit down in that seat of honor, and then someone of greater honor shows up. And the host has to say to you, hey, that seat's not for you, it's for this guy. And so what happens is you get kicked out, and you have to go all the way to the end seat, because it's the only seat that's left. And he says, so why why don't you start... By just sitting at this seat, and then when the host comes into the room, he'll say, bro, you're with me. You're up here at the top of the table. Come on. And then he continues. And this is my favorite part. He says, let's take it one step further. What if you didn't even invite the honored guests? What if you didn't even invite them to your party? What if you invited the widows and the orphan and the cripples and the the poor? What if that's who you invited to your party? And here's what he says. It's in Luke 14, he says, if you were to do that, you would be so blessed. And he says, oh, and by the way, they can't pay you back. Beautiful, beautiful picture of this idea of letting the lowly pull you along in their current. That's what he's saying. That there's a piece to it, too, also that it can easily be translated that we are both in the same current together. Like maybe all of us are beggars at the feet of a king, right? He continues on. He says, do not be wise in your own estimation. And this one is fairly simple. It's this simple idea. If, if, um, if you're a, like a five on the wisdom scale, right? Many of you in this room. Um, just sorry. Easy, easy. I'm up here. You can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do? Let's say you're a five on the wisdom scale. What would be great if you would see yourself at a four. Heck, see yourself at a three. That would all help us. You start seeing yourself as a six, that's when people get hurt, and it's just not helpful. And I know the question you're asking, because it's the question I asked. What's my wisdom score? You know, I've got a credit score, and and I know that. And so it's simple. I, I looked on Wikipedia, and it's just so helpful and honest and true. And um, h- how you score it, and I'll send the link to this later, is you take your age, you take your IQ, which I didn't know my own IQ, so I took the IQ test, and it's up there, like right at the, whatever the top is. It's right there. So you take your age, your IQ, how many years you've been a Christian, and uh, how many hours a week you read your Bible, and you add that all together and divide it by the holy number of seven, and it's, it is... It is as accurate as anything I've seen. The, the issue with it, here's, here's the issue. It's, it's, it's fairly accurate. I mean, mine was, again. Um, the issue is that it can be affected. So, for example, you watch too much of The Bachelorette, and, and it'll actually bring the score much further down than you want it to. It's, it's surprising how low it'll drop it. Um, I couldn't believe Harry Potter. Harry Potter just wipes it clean. You, you heathens that, that read that stuff, no wisdom. Wisdom score at zero. Um, the, the, probably the most shocking thing, and I'll send this out, Facebook it, um, was that the show This Is Us actually brings your score up, which is, I couldn't believe it, I've got to start watching that. I've not, I've been anti This Is Us. I don't think that's what he's saying. It's not helpful for someone like a Bill Thrall to say, Oh, no, I'm not wise. It doesn't help us. It's not helpful for uh, a Stuart Black to say, Oh, I have, I have no insight. I have no wisdom. I have no... It, it doesn't help us. What, what he's saying is similar to what I got to teach on uh, when we were in Ecclesiastes, and I got to teach, there was this, there was this passage, a real small statement that I got to teach on, and it. it says, It's better to be a young boy who knows nothing than a king, a wise king, that stopped listening. And I think the idea here is wisdom, in your own estimation, if you think you are wise, oftentimes you will stop listening and you will stop learning, and you will stop hearing. And the craziest thing is, that makes you not so wise. Many of you are very familiar with that. You're going, that's right, Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, I know that. I know that so well. What's he talking about here? Where's he taking us? I think, I think where we're finding ourselves, if if we remember where we've been with Romans 12, and, and even into verse 9, he says, let your love be genuine. Let it be without hypocrisy. Let it be legit. I think what we're hearing right here is that love, genuine, legit love, is humble. I think that's what we're seeing. This is, this is all just humility. And so the question that, that I ask myself, often is, I find myself not doing, like, any of these well at times. I find myself absolutely in argument with people. There's there's people in our body that I've been in, like, a continual argument with for months now, over stuff that, like, matters this much. Like, zero weight could hold it. And I find that, at times, I am haughty, that I am arrogant. I've been accused of being such, and they're probably right at times. Not always, I'm not always there. (laughs) I find myself uh, really enjoying hanging out with people that often bring me up. And I don't see myself always there. And I'm not always great at not being wise in my own estimation. I like being right, even if I'm wrong just because I like being right. And so I asked myself, well, if it's true what Romans 1-11 through 11 says, if it's true that I have a new nature, if it's true that these things are things I long to do because of my new nature, how do, I do, how, how do I do it? What does this look like? How do I find humility? How do I awaken this humility that I know is already in there because I have the Spirit of the living God indwelling me How do I, what wakes this up for me then? And and I think the first thing is, for me at least, is I have to start with this word pride. Where am I proud? Where am I boasting is the word you'll see all through Scripture. Hundreds of times this word boasting is used. Where am I I putting my pride? Is it it in me? Because if it's in me, boy, it's hard to be humble love what Paul says um, in Galatians. This is Galatians 6, 14. But far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah puts it this way. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, Let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and that he knows me, and that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love. King David writes it this way. Psalm 34, 2. My soul, my soul, the core of whom I, who I am makes its boast in the Lord. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. So I think it starts there for me. And I think it continues with this thought. He, Paul writes this to, to the church in Corinth. Verses, uh, 1 Corinthians 4, and this is in verse 7. He says this, what do you have that you did not receive? And if then you received it, why do you boast as though you did not receive it? What do you have that wasn't a gift? What do you have that wasn't a gift? And if it's all a gift, then why do you pretend it's not? Some of you would say, well, well Caleb, I picked the college that I was going to go to. I picked the degree. I stayed up late to study. I I." Was the one who got the degree and then got the job and then the, 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 That was me. Right? Like, didn't I do that? And the question I would ask you is is, did did you pick that you would be born here? Did, did you pick that you would be a part of the 1% that even knows what college is? Right? Like, like all of it is a gift. The air that I'm continually breathing right now is a gift from the Most High God. Why do I sometimes think that it's not or pretend that it's not? I think for me, humility, finding this humility awakening within me starts there. Where am I putting my pride? Where am, I, where am I boasting? And I think another piece for me, there's a lot of elements to it, but I think another piece for me is, is Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, it is a gift of God not a result of your works, so that no one may boast. I have to be convinced. If I'm going to find myself in a position of humility, if I'm going to have genuine, heartfelt love that looks like humility, there's a place that I have to get to where I go, God, I am convinced that I couldn't have done it on my own. That my eternal state was hell, that I fully deserved hell, and that apart from the grace of God and the cross of Jesus Christ, that I was absolutely dead. I have to be convinced of that. The only thing that changes hearts is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, period, end of story. And I have to be convinced that it worked and that it was good enough. So, so maybe... Maybe the question is less of how do I become humble? How do I get more humble? How do, I, how, how do I wake this humility up within me? Maybe the question is less of that. Maybe the question is less of the how. Maybe the question I want to ask is why. Why do I want to be humble? Why do I want to live this way? Why does it matter? Probably not going to get me the raise that I wanted. Why, why, why do I want to live this way? Why the heck would I care? Right? That's a fair question to ask. I, lo- I love how Paul puts it, again, in, in 1 Corinthians. This is 1 Corinthians 2, and he writes this. And I, Paul, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, For I decided to know nothing among you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but a demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of a man, but in the power of God." What if your humility, what if our humility, for the sole purpose of reminding those of us around us of the goodness and the power and the humility of God? What if my humility was simply a fragrance that people went, Oh, I know what that is. That's the Good Shepherd. That's the Good Shepherd. That's the one my soul longs to be with. What if my humility was simply that thought? I believe that all men and women know the voice of their creator. I believe that. And what if our humility, what if my humility was such that it invited them to go, Oh, I know that voice. I know that sound. I know what that is. And what if my humility was the very thing that drew people to Him? That might be worth it. Let's go a little further. Galatians 5 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcised nor uncircumcised counts for anything, there is no elite. There is no higher person. All that counts is this, but only faith working through love. You see, humility is a trust word. It is. It's a trust word. If I don't trust that God is for me, that he's on my team, that he's been victorious, that the cross worked, if I don't trust any of that, Of course I'm going to toot my own horn. Of course I'm going to stay up on my high horse. Of course I'm going to celebrate me when I get that degree or that job or whatever it is. Of course I would go there. But what matters is only this. Trust working itself out through love. Humility is a trust word then it could say it this way. Trust, faith, working itself out into humility, which moves into love. That's, that's what gets to change the world, you guys, is love. And what if my, well, let's just say it again. Love is humble. Love is humble. And that's what he's getting at. I wish there was a. I wish today we could like celebrate some kind of Christian holiday that would give us an example of what we're talking about here. Um, I wish there was like. Oh, you're you're saying it's it's Palm Sunday, huh? You're saying if, if I if I think if I hear you right, you're saying it was the day that the Alpha and the Omega that God's own Son, that Yahweh, that the Savior of the world, um, rode into a town called Jerusalem where he knew he would be killed and mocked and beaten and made fun of. And he, um, you're, saying, you're saying this was the day that he rode in on a donkey, huh? And, and if my memory serves me right, if today's Sunday, if today's Palm Sunday, then on Thursday night that same king got down on his knees... And he washed his students' feet. And a a few hours later, he would find himself in a garden saying these words to his father, Not my will, but your will be done. Not my own wisdom, but your wisdom. And if I have the story right, the next day he would hang from a cross after being beaten and whipped and stabbed and he would yell out these words to his father. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Don't hold this against them, what they're doing to me. Don't take your wrath out on them. I love them. They don't have a clue what they're doing. I rode in on a donkey. And, and if my memory serves me right, a few minutes after that, he would say to his father, Into your hands, I commit my spirit. I'm humbling myself. I'm taking my authority, my position, my status, and I'm handing it over for you. And, and, And if the story serves me right, and if my memory is not failing me, I believe three days later, in the dark of a morning, he raises from the dead, and there's a lady in the garden named Mary, and she's weeping, and he calls her name, and she looks up, and she knows his voice. And he says, it's going to be okay, kid. I am right here with you. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? I'm alive. And I believe that days after that, this same king would become Emmanuel. That he would take his spirit, the spirit that literally rose Jesus from the grave, and he would put it In the hearts of a broken race who put him up on a cross. A broken race that hated him. A broken race that would probably do it again if they could. And he put his spirit in them so that he could run in our wake with us. And he said, I'm not leaving you. You see, today is the day we get to celebrate the guy who did own the zoo and chose a donkey to ride in on. He could have picked a lot of different animals <laughs> chose a donkey. Why did he do it? Because he trusted the Father. And humility is a trust word. And he chose humility because he knows it's a currency that can change the hearts of man and women forever. Open door, I have a hard time saying these words, but, but I believe these verses are for us. I believe these verses are for us in this season. And that's not easy to say. But I do believe in this season, not all of us and not all the time, but in this current season, I do believe we have had a hard time being of the same mind having a hard time unifying all that we are and all that we want to be about on on the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to point the finger at you. I'm going to point it right at me because I know I've done that. I've made it about practice. I've made it about a lot of other things. And I believe we're in that season where this verse is for us. I believe we've been arrogant at times. I believe at times we thought we coined the phrase, Not all of us, not all at once, not all the time, but I believe that. I believe that at times we have not done well of letting the humble, the lowly, pull us along in their current. I believe at times we've stifled, and I believe many of those humble are no longer with us. And I believe we've been wise in our own eyes at times. I know I have. I could give you a list of all the things that need to change. So, let me say it this way: open door. We are nothing, we have nothing to offer if we don't believe this to be true, if this is not our anthem. We have, I should say this, we have very little to offer if this is not true about us. If we are not a community that believes that humility is a currency that changes lives, if that's not what we're about, boy, we got a long ways to go. I believe we can be. I believe it's what you're wired to be. I believe for all of you that have put your trust in Jesus Christ, you long to live this way. And if today is nothing more than a reminder, then it's a beautiful reminder that humility works and that it is a way of life that people go, oh, I know what that is. I want that. If we can provide that for this world, for this community, for 19th and Northern, if we can give that... Oh, we've got something. I want to read us a verse and then I I want us to go worship. I'm going to leave you with this verse. It's in Philippians 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, do this. Complete my joy. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not, take, did not count equality with God as a thing to grasp, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself. What did he do? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow and in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us go worship this king, this humble king, on this day.